Good morning and welcome to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the Sacred Heart Hour here on the first Friday of the month of October. Joining you live from the studio here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, this is Father Stosh Daly, joined by Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Father. <laughs> so as we enter into the month of the Holy Rosary and we celebrate this first Friday of the month, a day dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we invite you to join us as we pray the morning offering prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Well, Chuck and Joanne, we're back again. We are. <laughs> this time, the month of the like Holy Rosary. Boomerang. We keep coming back. <laughs> you know, Father. I usually get hit by those. <laughs> so, I, I will play the comfort card to this oh, morning. Oh, you're kidding me. We're too early. Right out the gate. There right out the okay. gate. Oh. But, you know, if you look at October and you go to June when we celebrate this <clears throat> feast day, that's nine months. Mm-hmm. That's good, Chuck. And they say the nine first Friday devotion to the Sacred Heart. So, Father, if people start this month, today, ah. going to Mass mm. for the next nine, preparing for the feast day, during the 350th anniversary. I I mean, that can be pretty powerful, right, Father? Amen, absolutely. That's good, Jack. No, so, and... (laughs) That's an engineer. That's a man. (laughs) I was afraid that we were going June, October. I was like, I'm not picking up on the nine, but it's early in the morning, so... But it's October to June. I just trust him. He just has good answers. (laughs) How long have you been married? (laughs) 52 years. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. So in this month of the Holy Rosary, we're all praying for a victory in many different fronts, wars mm. and battles in our life. You know, if we begin this month, nine months, the nine first Fridays of the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, attending Mass, receiving our Lord in a state of grace, offering those graces up in reparation for the sins against the Sacred Heart of Jesus, that takes us up to the great month of the Sacred Heart, June. Ah. And as Chuck pointed out, with that zeal that <laughs> oftentimes we depend upon our converts to exhibit and to guide us with, you have nine First Fridays. You, you have like a nine-month-long novena that takes us to the great month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So, brothers and sisters, this is the month to begin that nine-month novena, celebrating the power, the glory, the victory that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and, and of course, you highlight something important, the 350th mm-hmm. anniversary of the Great Apparitions. So we begin that, like, you know, that, uh, and of course, that took place over a couple of years in the 1670s, but we start celebrating that 350th anniversary this December. Yes. You know, so this is the perfect time to kind of open yourself up to the grace that our Father in Heaven will b- pour forth for that. don't think about it as nine. Think about it as this month. Right. I'm yeah. going to, this, this month, I'm going yeah. to make the first Friday and first Saturday, mm-hmm. and then... Put a little check on your calendar and and look at it like, boy, I did that. And then you want to do it next month and the next month. Pretty soon, 
it just becomes a habit, a way of life. Right. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, especially the reconciliation once a month. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's great. And Father, we've had a pre-recording interview with Monsignor Frank Lane. Bringing in the big dogs here. Yeah. <laughs> we, well, <laughs> he has a major festival going You're on. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 At St. John the that's Baptist. That's right. Yeah. And he is the pastor. Yeah. So his his hands are full. Plus, I know the respect life today and so that's forth. That's true. Yeah. Yes. So we did a pre-recording and. We're going to go ahead and hear the pre-recording, and then, Father, uh, your thoughts. And uh, for our listeners today, I think you'll find some real insights uh, that will be teasers for you to come to the Congress November 4th at St. Paul's. So here's Monsignor Lane. It's an honor for us to welcome this morning on this first Friday Sacred Art Hour program, Monsignor Frank Lane who will be one of our featured speakers this year at our 12th annual Sacred Heart Congress, November 4th, Saturday from 8 a.m. to 12 noon at St. Paul the Apostle Catholic Church in Westerville. Our theme this year is Reviving the Family Through the Sacred Heart and Eucharist. Monsignor has served in a number of parishes as pastor and currently He's pastor of Sacred Heart and St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. We are really excited for your annual festival, Father, at St. John the Baptist this weekend. Please share a little bit about it with our listeners. And also, you know, St. Gabriel will have a booth there. And I'm wondering if the booth at St. Gabriel will be near the homemade Italian bread. I have no idea about oh, the... Oh, it smells uh, too good. I, ha- I have the map, but I haven't studied it closely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, the festival starts uh, this afternoon, actually, and goes Friday, Saturday, and then the bishop will come for Mass on Sunday at 10.30. Oh, wonderful. Um, amidst pra- parades and big bands and, <laughs> and all of that kind of, um, you know... What about Italian food, Father? Well, there's going to be a variety of... Uh, opportunities for Italian food from stand up, um, carry out to sit down dinners. Mm. Um, sponsored by uh, the Garfanias is is one of the. They're always great. Right is one of the is one of the Italian food dinners. Plus, there's there's all sorts of uh, other refreshments. And um, what shocked me was uh, as I get involved in this is that. Uh, Somewhere between thirty and forty thousand people show up for really? this. Really? So it is oh. one of the top five events oh, in uh, the wonderful. city of Columbus. And so the weather is supposed to be great too. The weather is supposed to be all right. Might have a little bit of light rain on Friday, but mm-hmm. on today, but but the rest of it's supposed to be great. Wonderful. So invite everybody to come. And Monsignor, this is the second time that you will be speaking at our Sacred Heart Congress. The first time was our second annual Sacred Heart Congress on October 12, 2013 at St. Andrews. We could have never imagined this has gone so long and it's grown so much, really, uh, you know, Sacred Heart Apostolate nationally and really now internationally. So thank you so much for that, Monsignor. No, it's a privilege. It is. And we uh, started at St. Andrews. Right. I know that. Yeah. The first two. And also, Monsignor... 
as we celebrate now 350 years ago on December 27th, 1673, the feast on the Feast of St. John the Apostle, where Jesus appeared to St. Margaret Mary. And this is the first of his apparitions. And Jesus said, My divine heart is so passionately fond of the human race that it cannot keep back the pent-up flames of its burning heart. He wants to pour out his love to all mankind, which contains all the graces they have need of. And St. Margaret Mary at that point was chosen for this great mission to spread this devotion of the Sacred Heart. And Monsignor, here we are 350 years later Hmm. trying to carry on that mission and wondering your thoughts regarding the importance today of the devotion of the Sacred Heart for families and households and maybe give us a little insight as to the theme of your talk or your thoughts regarding Just this Congress. Just a little Congress. tease, Monsignor. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, about about uh, the importance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where the Sacred Heart appeared, uh, appeared to Margaret Mary and then the assistance that she received from St. Claude Columbia was very important as well in the village of Paris-le-Monial, which is one of the most charming and villages in France, I think. It's, have you been there? Yes. I figured. Yes, I have. It's a wonderful place. Um, you know, we live in, we live in a world where everything everything is is attempting to be depersonalized and it and become ideologies that uh, the person means nothing anymore. We see that in the in the in the radical positions on transgenderism and all of those other kinds of uh, modern phenomenon that we have that we deal with. And I think that part of the genius of of the Sacred Heart of Jesus is that it is not ideological. It is personal. Mm. And that, that's the whole idea of a heart. <laughs> Something of the depth of the person then is present and it allows us kind of an entree into the personhood of God. So that faith does not become, you know, a battleground. It doesn't become an ideological clash. It becomes something that individual persons are drawn to by the hundreds of thousands, you know, fortunately, mm-hmm. into the mystery of the person of Jesus Christ and into the mystery of the second person of the Blessed Trinity. So I think it's it's critical. Um, you know, uh, a, a lot of people I've heard say, well, you know, the divine mercy is the new devotion to the sacred heart kind of supplanted it, but it's not true. The sacred heart is personal. The divine mercy is God's action in the world. And so you can't really, you, you can't really say, well, you know, we don't need this one because we have this one. Without the personal, there is no receptivity to grace. You know, grace can't, won't, bother to penetrate ridiculous ideologies. Grace that is so beautiful. Grace changes the human heart, and that's what the Sacred Heart is all about, I think. Well, Father, wow. we are really excited for you wow. to continue to uh, be at our Congress, to be able to share your thoughts uh, on why today it's so relevant and uh, how people have misunderstood the Sacred Heart and how people have an issue today, Father, what we have found is even wanting to understand the importance of having that image in their home. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, or if they do put the image in their home, Father, and things don't go accordingly, they think all the graces are going to pour it out immediately. That this is not what our Lord is really saying. This is a lifetime journey with His heart. I think that I, I think that you know we have we have a tendency that the ancient Hebrews did in their expectation of the Messiah. We have hmm. a, a tendency to kind of want God to be a magician and. Uh, it's relational, and anybody who has ever had any personal relationships with anybody know that it's a journey, and so too is, is our relationship with the Lord. So. Well, thank you, Father. We look forward to this afternoon uh, with a kickoff at St. John the Baptist Festival, and Father, we're just looking forward to having you on November 4th at the 12th Annual Sacred Heart Congress. Thank you very much. Well, Father Stas Daly, uh, your thoughts regarding some of his comments and the excitement really to welcome him back uh, and think about your vision. It was you that said, we need a Congress. <laughs> we said, and, what's a Congress? <laughs> and 2012, we had our now first one at St. Andrews, and we followed up in 2013 with Monsignor Lane at St. Andrews. So uh, your thoughts regarding any of his insights? Well, you know, the first thing that strikes me is Monsignor uh, Lane. He's journeyed with the church mm. through ups and downs, twists and turns. And without a doubt, I think it's fair to say, and probably as an underestimation, <clears throat> he has been present to thousands of souls in all of his different assignments, uh, here, there, in parishes, seminary, even as a military chaplain. So if there's anybody who can give an estimation or a summary on humanity's need for Jesus and the depth of love that Jesus has in response to that need for humanity, I think Monsignor's the perfect one. You know, uh, I think he's retired ten different times, <laughs> <laughs> and yet he still finds himself yeah. following the Lord back into the active Two apostolate. Two now. I know. Why not? You know. <laughs> So, I mean, like last time I saw Monsignor, I was like, "So have we retired now? Like thirty different moments?" And you know, um, but I think you know anything that Monsignor says, anything that uh, Father would speak, would come from that participation, yeah, that active participation in listening to the Lord, walking with the Lord, following the Lord, in being faithful and to Him in the church. And He's helped us to see the Lord in the midst of all Absolutely. those ups and yeah. downs. Yeah, you know, personally and right. also in the church, yeah, in and, the culture. And I think you know his reflection is—it's not as much a reflection as I think it is a, um, like you said, a tease, like an invitation to come and hear more, spend time with the Lord more and more intentionally with others who have also experienced the Lord. But uh, he highlights something that I think is very uh, poignant and pertinent, um, and that is, you know, we're all uh, overcome by a temptation to think about what is new. What's more effective? What's more convenient? What's more precise? And he directs our attention to that temptation, even with regard to the realm of piety and devotions. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's what the Lord revealed then. So this is what the Lord's revealing now. So now let's all run over here to this direction mm-hmm. and soak up this. And then there'll be another revelation, another glory. And he kind of highlights that temptation. It's not mm-hmm. either this or that, it's really the both and. It's the person of God revealing himself through what is more uh, revelatory and basic than the heart, you know? Now, how does the heart beat towards Mm -hmm. us? The heart beat towards us by uh, pouring forth mercy, love, 
patience, you know. Um, and that's how the heart, you know, reaches out and engages the human heart. So he, he highlights that temptation that we are all under, you know, that temptation to run to the next chapter, run to the next devotion, to the next experience. And so he highlights that by helping us realize there's not a contradiction between the sacred and divine heart and then the reality of divine mercy. Uh, truth be told, we can't have the mercy if we don't have the heart, which is the source of it. And so I think it kind of alleviates that burden, that pressure that oftentimes will bubble up within uh, circles of disciples who are just trying to juggle the different manifestations, uh, the different revelations, you know, the, the reality of how Jesus loves us so much. And in a beautiful way, always eloquent, but I think tempered by his patience for humanity, the human condition, Monsignor just kind of highlights this, this is where things lay. This is how we accept them. This is how we make use of them as long as we keep our focus on the goal, which is the person of Jesus. You know, this is that's just an example of mm -hmm. how he helps us Absolutely. to understand yeah. and to move forward yep. in that understanding. So this really is a little bit of a tease for the Congress. <laughs> and true, you just yeah. can't wait to hear more. I know, yeah. And you just it, want him to go on and uh, on and yes, on. Yes. <laughs> I, I know. And yeah. So please register. Register yeah. now while you're even listening to this and then right. you know right after this go online sign up and be counted yeah. as one who is interested in learning more going deeper and being renewed yeah. in the sacred heart and again it's going to be at saint paul the apostle catholic church the 12th annual sacred heart congress saturday november 6th it starts at 8 a.m with the rosary and, and I thought it was on the fourth. I is thought it, it was on the fourth. November fourth. It's number four. Chuck, don't show up on the sixth, honestly. <laughs> you know, this There'll was, be no well, one this, this was but be we no won't be there with you. We're this gonna be was, there on the fourth. <laughs> this was actually a catch. Oh, so I was paying yeah, attention. Yeah, paying oh. attention. I know. Every now and then a cradle Catholic will actually pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every so, now and then. No, I, I lied. No, it's, a, it's a typo. But it's November 4th. Thank you, Father. I can just imagine your son at St. Paul's. Why are all of you people here on a Monday? Yeah. Yes, exactly. November 4th on a Saturday. And uh, so forth. But again, this is the largest Sacred Heart event in the nation. Mm. This half-day event provides wealth of spiritual renewal, deeply rooted, rooted in the Catholic tradition. I love our theme this year, Reviving the Family Through the Sacred Heart and the Eucharist. Well, we all know the family is under attack. We all know that you only have to be either in a family or observing families that um, there's a lot going on for yeah, families. True. And, you know, this is an opportunity this year I'm really excited about the opportunity to bring the family, mm. bring the children. And the sisters will have a program for them. And these are the daughters of Holy Mary of the Heart of Jesus. They are beautiful sisters. And they are really excited about being there with your children. So they will be, um, what, in the Clinger Center, I think, Chuck? Clinger Center and... They'll be divided into five group, five age groups. Oh, that's so even we're not better. saying just, you know, whatever child oh, is yeah. going to fit into the right age group. They'll be age appropriate. And oh. this is, they're going to continue programs with our children 
while you'll be returning back to the church, hearing Monsignor Lane. Uh, and this will be, uh, first of all, we start with the Mass with the Bishop Earl Fernandez. And then we have a break, and the children go with the sisters. You'll go back to Mass with Monsignor, I mean, back to the church with Monsignor Frank Lane. As a speaker, Emily Jaminette, uh, our national director, will be a speaker talking about her latest book. And then Father will close with adoration and benediction, Father Stosh Daly, and our MC will be Tim Bowie. And uh, the beauty of this is always, it's very prayerful. Uh, there's a mass, confession, adoration, uh, there's so and formation, and the price continues to be $15 an individual and 25 for a family, whether it's two children or six children, and scholarships are available. And we thank our sponsors that allow us to keep our costs affordable. So it's a wonderful time to really enter in deeper, as Father said, to being personal with our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a really nice introduction, too, for the enthronement in the family. Sometimes to say, now we're going to enthrone, you know, the sacred heart in our family. It's like, well, gee, mom, what's that? Dad, what, you know. (laughs) But this this is really an opportunity for family prayer renewal, for conversations to happen as a follow-up, and for um, just for a day of, of refreshment too, even a break from the normal family Saturday routine. So please, please come. And also, um, I thought we would talk a little bit about Father. People ask, well, how do I keep this going? And uh, I re- we read this a while back, the practical means of increasing our love and devotion to the Sacred Heart by Father Crisette spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary. So, I mean, he was right on the, the first line to really receive the messages. And the five principal means, and um, we'll go through each one, but prayer, Holy Mass, frequent communion, visits to the Blessed Sacrament, and the Holy Hour. And Father, we'll start with prayer, the importance of prayer. And, and your thoughts as people maybe say, I'm so busy, I don't have time to pray. <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I think this is where, as an invitation to our listeners, you, know, you have to develop a familiarity with the family of God. That means openness to the saints, those who have excelled in the way of life, the journey of life that you're on right now. So you kind of learn from your older siblings, those who are in heaven, right? And uh, we hear this a lot, especially with the ever-increasing, fast-paced nature of life today. Technology, everything's about convenience, getting things done, uh, you know, checking things off the list. And and then you have this thing like, well, I, just, I can't find time in my day to pray, you know? And yet that's um, what we were made to do. We were made, we were created to pray. We were created to love the Lord, worship the Lord, bless the Lord, glorify the Lord. We were created to pray. And um, you know, entering into the lives of the saints, don't we don't we encounter one reminder after another? You know, the birds were made to fly, the fish were made to swim. Man and woman, they were made to pray. So prayer is very natural. And I, I love the the reference, you know, especially working with now in the college seminary, a lot of teenagers and then when we have the men visiting from high schools, you know, you just have that that great age group and they're like well, you know, when they go to confession or they're asking about how to grow in the spiritual life, you know, 
How often do you pray? Well, you know, Father, you know, I, I pray in the morning, a little prayer, you know, and then if I remember, I'll, you know, pray before I eat my meal, grace before meals. And then if it's been a long, stressful, painful day, I'll, you know, I'll say a prayer before I go to bed. And it's like, when's the last time you saw a doctor? Well, hmm. you know, I had my physical before the sports season, whenever, just a month ago. So if your doctor asks you, how often do you breathe? And you say, well, I breathe once in the morning. And if I remember, I'll breathe right before I eat. And, you know, if it's been a really long, stressful day, I'll try to breathe at night before I go to bed. You know, the doctor's going to say, without a doubt, you have issues, not the ones you think you do. You're breathing, you know, as long as you're functioning. As long as you are alive, you are breathing, you know. And sometimes even we know from medical technology, you can have assistance in breathing. It's the same with the soul. You are praying. By the mere fact you are alive, you're praying. Now, to whom or to what you are praying that's determined based on the heart, based on your intellect. To whom or to what am I going to pray? Am I going to pray to the Lord above all else? Or am I going to pray to the demands of the day? Am I going to pray to my boss, pray to my teacher, pray to the coach, pray to this, pray to that? That's where the idea, the idolatry, idolatry comes in. You know, We can all have an idol that takes that attention away from the heart and takes it away from the Lord. So just keep in mind, prayer is not supposed to be an, a stressful occupation, a stressful act. It just comes down to acknowledging, Lord, I was made for you. In this very moment, Lord, give me the grace to stay focused on you. Help me to love you and serve you. Help me to love and serve my neighbor. It's reorienting what's already taking place within your heart. You're already praying. That's the, that's the beautiful task of a mom and dad, right? To help the child realize you're already praying. Now let's give that prayer you're offering right now to Jesus, to Mary. And you know, for children, I think for them to also parents help them pray with their heart yes you know yeah, absolutely we we really want the memorized prayers yeah. the standard prayers but to be able to just verbalize yeah what is it in my heart yeah. that i want to say to jesus my friend mm -hmm. that you know and i always found the car is a perfect place yeah driving absolutely. it's private yep you have some moments and right now there's a lot of parents driving children to school and it's a think about this as an opportunity mm. to pray and to pray with the heart. Yeah. Well, and the, keep in mind, like the little flower, we celebrated her feast day at the beginning yeah. of the month, you know, the little way, every gesture, mm. every action, the little things that no one even knows about, those can all be acts of prayer. We're offering this up to the Lord. I'm going to do this with love for the neighbor, but I'm offering this up as a little sacrifice, a prayer to you, Lord. So that prayer, uh, kind of refining our prayer, refining the intention behind our prayer, is a powerful way to kind of referencing Monsignor Lane, keep the focus on the person of Jesus, keeping alive that devotion to the heart of Jesus. This is all for you, you know, periodically reminding ourselves of that in prayer throughout the day and praying always. You know, the second one we talk about is Holy Mass. And, uh, and he says, since the devotion to the Sacred Heart is nothing else than a more warm-hearted devotion to the Eucharist. And I love it the way he closes. This is why whenever we find a true friend of the Sacred Heart, we are sure to find a lover of the Mass. That's powerfully mm. true. That's absolutely powerfully true. And anytime, and we all know this, anytime we have walked with someone to introduce the reality of the Sacred Heart of Jesus into their home, a wrestling match always follows. Yes. A wrestling match always follows, and it's the wrestling match, match is attentiveness and attendance at Holy Mass. If there's a a withdrawal or a hesitation to go to Mass, there's going to be a frustration in the home because the Sacred Heart is imploring us to receive Him 
body, blood, soul, and divinity in Holy Communion, the Holy Eucharist. And for someone who is already passionately in love with going to Holy Mass and receiving our Lord, it's a natural bridge for them to bring the heart into their home. And you know, as a young mom, I have shared this before, but I had a big decision to make, which seemed monumental at the time, and it was, do I repeat Chad? Do I transfer him from public school to uh, parochial school or not? And there are many reasons on both sides. So I couldn't decide. So I went to morning mass. I thought I didn't have time. I had to empty my <laughs> dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but I found my whole day was different. Mm. And, you know, that was uh, many years ago. And I thought, gee, this day has gone. Um, oh, I, my agenda for the day has changed after mass. It's better now. And I never really stopped. Right. Yeah. So just begin, just begin and see what the Lord will do with your day and see how many even extra hours you think that maybe he's added or uh, now that dishwasher isn't going to be miraculously <laughs> emptied, <laughs> but, but you might do it a little more joyfully. <clears throat> and the third one, certainly by going to mass is frequent communion, receiving communion. And I think that is certainly our nourishment. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. What's well, the sustenance for the soul and anyone who huh. keeps their eyes on the Lord, anyone who's able to refine their prayer life and pray the Mass, there's going to be that attend attendiveness to the hunger of the soul. Well, Father, we have to close session one, but we have two more. Oh, there's more to <laughs> so come. Stay tuned. <laughs> this is sort of a little temptation to leave, but don't leave yet. <laughs> so we'll close this segment by turning to the heart of Jesus. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Amen. Amen. There are some saints and martyrs who were beheaded with a greater peace than I have when someone cuts me off on the freeway or my teenager's running late for school. If I find someone's driving me crazy, the problem isn't that person, it's me. Whenever someone disturbs your inner peace, your inner life is too disturbable. Jesus showed us in the way to Calvary that no one can take your hope, your joy, your peace, or even your love for them. No one can make you act or feel anything. When Jesus reigns in our hearts and minds, we don't hand over that kind of power to any human being. So if you're letting someone drive you crazy today, maybe God's telling you to build up the interior castle of your heart so that nothing disturbs you. But that comes from prayer. As St. Paul wrote from prison, do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Then the peace that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. 
We are the Catholic Church, with over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith. Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Good morning and welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. If this is the Sacred Heart Hour, that means this is the first Friday of the month, which is a day dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So in our prayers, our attendance at Holy Mass, should we be in a state of grace and we receive our Lord and Holy Communion, we offer up those graces in reparation for any and all sins committed against the heart of Jesus. As we enter into the second segment of this Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we will turn to the Lord Jesus in prayer, and we invite you to join us. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Chuck and Joanne, we're entering into the second segment Here of the Sacred Heart Hour. It always goes so fast. I know it does. It <laughs> so really does. You know, we ended our last segment by, you know, working our way through five different ways to kind of keep alive a devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And th this is really important because we must, uh, we have, we're always given these ideas, these thoughts. Okay, I've done this. Now move on. I've conquered that. Mm -hmm. Now go over here. But when it comes to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, it, it's a relationship. It's not one and done. It's not one day and then move on to the next. It's cultivating that friendship from the heart with the heart of the God-man, Jesus, who's the second person of the Trinity. And it's that's powerfully uh, relevant because that's a, that's a frustration for a lot of people who struggle with their faith, especially if they're Christians. And among a lot of Catholics, they don't have that relationship in the heart with the Lord. And yet, when you enter into the messages of Jesus— pertaining to a sacred heart, that's exactly what he wants to have. He wants to have a relationship with us. So for that frustration that so many people have in their Catholic Christian faith, you know, there's a distance there. It's all memorize this or moving here, doing that, gestures and whatnot. At the heart of our holy Catholic faith is that relationship with the heart of Jesus. And sometimes maybe depending on what era you grew up in or what your experience was, Maybe we got the God part, yeah, but the man part right. was um, not as developed or not as personal. And I think as we talk about a uh, making visits mm -hmm. during the day, you know, if you think of the God man there alone yeah. yep. in the church, lonely, waiting yeah. for company, yeah. that's different. It, it just kind of tenderizes your own heart right. to say, well, I'll, you know, I'll just make a visit. I'll just say, hello, I love you. Yeah. And um, I, I think that that can really warm our own hearts and help us to draw closer. Well, actually, Joanne, I think, you know, you just, I think you just allowed yourself without a doubt to be a conduit of the Holy Spirit. You just hit something on the, on the head. 
in different ages of the church, people definitely get the divinity of Jesus. Yeah, I they know, get the I divinity did. of Jesus, but then because of their own sins or yeah. their the frailty of their humanity, they shy away out of fear. Yeah. So Jesus then reveals his most sacred heart of Jesus, and he reveals he reveals to us the human nature he has, that mm-hmm. love he has, the love he has as God, a divine person, for humanity. In our own age, though, I think it's actually flipped. I think hmm. people are totally at peace with the humanity of Jesus, really? and they've forgotten his divinity, which is why the culture wars are so bad. Because when people only think of the humanity of the Lord, they forget he's a divine person, then guess what? His word is equal to everyone else's word. Huh. So we take for granted the gift of something like our identity as a man of God, a woman of God. So the sacred heart of Jesus keeps that balance that we need within our own humanity. Jesus is a divine person with a human and divine nature. And that keeps that balance alive. We know we were made for him. We were made by him. We're called to have that relationship with him, that intimacy, a powerful word there. Mm -hmm. Like you said, to visit him, have a conversation with him. And yet at the same time, we know we're never equal to him. Mm -hmm. He is God. And if you think of someone like um, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, you know, she... Her whole conversion process was a lifelong journey. And yet one of the moments where it was pivotal is when she was admiring the architecture of a huge cathedral, a cathedral church in Germany, and she was leaning up against the stone pillar in the back. She was marveling at the beauty of the architecture, the craftsmanship of the stonework of this massive cathedral. But then she saw a woman walk in. And the woman walked in the back door. She went down the main aisle. She got on her knee. She stood up. She entered into the bench, the pew. She knelt down, and Edith Stein noticed that that woman was clearly, undeniably having a conversation with someone, and yet there was no one around her. And the reality is that this woman came in off the street to visit someone, to speak with someone that was totally invisible and yet very present, that stirred within her heart, and it ultimately led hmm. her to the conversion. Is that right? She never had, heard that story. You know, she just saw Beautiful. someone visit Jesus. And think yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, think about just what your love for the person of yeah. Jesus could inspire in someone else who's just looking. Yeah. They're just trying to live, you know, and we can enter into the lives of the saints that we celebrate this month. But it's that idea of remembering Jesus as God. And yet because of his human nature, there's the capacity for true love for him and well, him for us. And I think you also bring up a good point of getting to know the lives of the saints mm. and what a powerful month this is for celebrating so many wonderful saints. And biggies, and too. Stories. Biggies. biggies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, number five. Oh, here he goes. Uh, yeah. Thank the, you, uh, Chuck. The, the Holy Hour. <laughs> and experience proves that those who make the Holy Hour, whether before the Blessed Sacrament or at home with the image of the Sacred Heart, inevitably grow in love for the Sacred Heart. Mm. And I think we forget we can do a family holy hour in front of our image at home. Yeah. If we yeah. cannot get the church. Right, right, right. Yeah. For the holy hour. Well, and even just like having, hmm. you know, that's that special sacred place, that sacred corner in the home where that's where the family gathers to pray. You're not praying to anything there, but you're using the the things you have there to remind you of the need to pray to the Lord who is present. And just having that sacred space in your home where you live, 
You know, it's a powerful way of reminding us that we have to live the words of Joshua. As for me and my household, we will serve the and, Lord. And, you know, we never, Chuck and I, we never had that for our children. We had religious reminders everywhere. Yeah, right. But as far as having that one place. Yes. And now we do. Yeah. And it really does make a difference. Right. And that's why, you know, I think our Lord requested yeah. to have the pictures, image of his sacred heart, to go to it. You know, when I think of the five principles, and for those that just tuned in, we talked about prayer, getting the Mass, frequent communion, visits to the Blessed Sacrament, and spending an hour with our Lord, which he requested. It's not like all of a sudden. And I thought of going back, and I know we all, some of us had different activities growing up, and one of them for me was football. And I remember in football, every day, we would have to do the same thing. Yes. You know, <laughs> got to do your drills. No, no. <laughs> and I was thinking nothing is new with right. the church. Yeah. Prayer, getting the mass, frequent communion, mm-hmm. visits to the blessed sacrament. And that visit could be a minute. It could be five minutes. It's true. It could be just stopping by and saying, Lord, I'm having a rough day. Yeah. And then that holy hour once a month to spend. And I think father with this, Reminder, it helps us understand the power of the rosary and why the rosary leads to all of this leads us to the sacred heart. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we if we were just to consider October is the month of the Holy Rosary because of what we will remember in history as unfolding tomorrow on the 7th, which is the Battle of Lepanto, um, which you had a fierce showdown between the uh, army the naval fleet of the Ottoman Empire, which sought one thing, the annihilation of Christian Europe. I mean, that was its sole goal. You know, destroy any element of Christianity in Europe and conquer it all. Uh, And so the Pope at the time, Pius V, a Dominican, he knew, as a result of being a son of St. Dominic, he knew the power of the rosary. He knew the power that comes from keeping your eyes on Jesus. And he knew the rosary is how you do that. The rosary is nothing but uh, the chapters of our Lord's life. You know, even with uh, our first year men at the seminary, it's like, gentlemen, we have to enter into the rosary because it's the biography of our Lord. Every mystery of the rosary is just another little chapter, another little image of the life of Jesus. And how best to approach the person of Jesus than through the path of his mother, Our Lady. And even the prayers are biblical. You know, that what we call the Hail Mary, the angelic salutation. Is that not just a quote from the gospel? The angel Gabriel's greeting to Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. You know, I mean, we keep these prayers in our mind so that we can be victorious. And we remember that Pius V put all of Christendom, uh, all every Catholic household, every Christian soul, he put them under that, that command, pray the rosary. Because if we do not pray, we will not be victorious. If we do not keep our eyes on Jesus, we will be defeated. And if we are defeated, we will be annihilated. The victory that took place at Lepanto, a a naval battle, guaranteed that the gospel could continue to be proclaimed. It guaranteed that the Holy Mass could be continued to be offered. Prayers could be offered to the God-man Jesus. And initially, the feast was Our Lady of Victory, because he, he knew the only way this victory took place was because of the rosary. But it's amazing what happens to us over time. We forget. How did the victory come about? It was through the rosary. Right now, there is the effort for the 54-day 
Rosary exactly. Novena yep. to protect human life yeah. and protect uh, even more than that Christian values in our land. So, yeah, we're we've been invited to take up the Rosary again. Absolutely, and I mean, first, I mean, just for the sanctification of your own soul for the preservation of the faith in your own home, but, but also Father, for others, too, you know? Father, I don't know that I'm unusual, but sometimes it seems like my rosary mm-hmm. is just dry. It's just that, and I'm thinking of some of these other things we need to do to keep, we need to have some, um, I don't know, some new ways to help us in our humanness and our sinfulness so I, you know, like meditations, yep. pictures, yep. just, you know, talking yeah. to people. How do you pray the rosary? How do you make it alive? And, and I think that we need to always try to improve, oh, try absolutely. to get closer, yeah. try to meditate yeah. more, richer, a richer. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember, you know, there are, there are not two days that are the same. Yeah. One day you can pray the rosary after Mass yeah. with all of the other faithful there, and it's just like right on the spot. Right. And then the next day you're like, no, I need to do this on my own at home. Mm-hmm. Or I just need to take a break and go for a walk and pray my rosary. Other times maybe you have an adoration hour at the chapel and you go and pray. No two days are the same, but I think when we force ourselves into a box, this yeah. is what I'm going to do every day at this time by myself or with others, that's when it starts to become dry. It's like, hun, live life. Whatever is needed that day, that's how you need to pray the rosary. But remember, the rosary keeps us focused on our Lord through Our Lady's eyes. And now, I mean, speaking for me personally, yeah, Father I love, yeah, I mean, I'm it. fiercely devoted to the rosary, love Our Lady. And yet for a long period in my life, especially as a priest, it was, it was painfully dry. And yet I found it so easy to pray a rosary for someone else. See, that gives me hope to hear you say that. And then after that, I could pray for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. And then after me, it's like, okay, I'll throw the wretched soul that's me on top of that pile of grace over there you know but it's so much easier sometimes to pray for someone else Mm. and so i had to pray that rosary for this person or that person and then all of a sudden find that you're thinking about the life of jesus and you just go on to the next one and then on to the next one and you know and then someone's like father you missed three meetings and i was like oh but i'm with the lord nice try go to your meetings (laughs) you know this this leads us to a little promotion (laughs) if you are dry You're having a tough time with your rosary. Mm. You're having a tough time in your prayer life, getting to church, so forth. November 4th, the 12th Annual Congress, is a perfect time to renew. Get a renewal. Be with your brothers and sisters. Bring your children so they can have a renewal. This is important. Yeah. You know, I know uh, we've used this word before. If we don't make faith a priority, mm, mm-hmm. it's going to evaporate. Right. Yeah. Everything else will become a priority, yeah. except faith. And when we lose faith, we lose the family. Yeah. We lose the next generation. Our country. You lose so, yourself. Self. Yeah. So go to our website, welcomeisheart.com. Welcomeisheart.com. It's only fifteen dollars individual, twenty-five dollars for a family. And no one is turned away. And no one to scholarships. But if you know you're going, please register because it really helps us prepare for the numbers and so forth. So today, make it a point that I am going to register. I know I'm going. Or if you're thinking about it, just continue to pray on that. 
And if there's that nudge, or go ahead and say, you know, I'm just going to register because I know I need it. I know my life is dry right now. And I know I'm dealing with a lot of issues that I can no longer handle. And Father, as we look at that, we go into this beautiful month of all the beautiful saints. (laughs) And I mean, there's a list of them. And I know we've already gone through St. Therese. We've had the Holy uh, Guardian Angels. And we've had St. Francis. Calm down, Dave. Calm down. I can but see you getting can excited that over that every corner. Day, <laughs> October 4th and uh, so forth. But then we go to Our Lady of the Rosary coming mm. up on the 7th. What a great day to go to Mass and pray a rosary. And that's tomorrow. Tomorrow. So it's, you know, we have that beautiful privilege. Today, uh, we kind of lift up our, well, not kind of, we do, we lift up our eyes to the heart of Jesus. And then tomorrow, I mean, we have a opp- beautiful opportunity to celebrate with the whole church, the world over, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, and just to consider, what is the battle I'm in? What is the war that's raging around me or within me? And just to consider, like, we have the, the beautiful, powerful grace and gift, but also the weapon that is the rosary. And, uh, you know, we remember all of that, and just such a, it's a I don't know, sometimes you just can't overstate it. Our Catholic faith is very rich. We have everything we need right at our fingertips, you know? You know, and I, I think we sometimes undervalue this. And I think Father said something offline, Father. This was offline. and uh, But it really stuck with me. Because we're talking about, he, he grew up in a split family. Mm. And we're talking about my family. We both came from New England. He, his ancestors were on the Mayflower. Wow. And how he settled in Boston and my family, uh, Boston. But he said, you know, Chuck, he said, the Protestant movement is about the word. Yeah. We're about sacraments. Sure. And I thought of that. What would we do without our sacraments? Right. Yeah. It would be my interpretation of the word. That's true. Yeah. The word loses its significance and importance. Yeah. without the person who is Jesus coming to us in the sacrament to keep us grounded so that we understand what is being said when it is spoken to us. Actually, that's being... what Monsignor Lane said. Yeah. What Father just said. I, I'll tell you. And I was not <laughs> eavesdropping. I was probably missing my meeting praying a rosary because that's just what I tend to do. Miss everything. <laughs> so... Well, I know we're going to have some big guns at this Twelfth annual with you and Monsignor there, and the <laughs> bishop and Emily. Think of that lineup, Father. I'll tell you, if you are listening today, and you decide, well, I got other things going on November fourth. I'm just too busy. Mm. You're the loser. I'm t- I'm telling you right now. <laughs> he means that in Chuck, the nicest way yeah, possible. Chuck you are a loser who is loved because we all need graces. <laughs> We, we do. need the graces. We do. Yeah, and amen. sometimes I make these decisions. Joanne's going to Mass, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm too busy this morning. But there's a spirit that she brings back that I'm yeah. saying, I missed it. Right, yeah. And I just don't want you to miss it. Yeah. That's what I was trying to well, say, Well, and Chuck, we know that even though we might be losers, that doesn't mean we're defeated. <laughs> the victory can still be ours. Let's see if we can redeem that statement. <laughs> Good job, Father. Good job. Save the marriage. And then, yeah, 
You, ba- you bailed oh, me out. Oh, 52 years. Y'all are good. <laughs> you bailed me out. It's like our boat was taking out water and you needed a good bail Well, I'm used to being the water boy at this show, but I didn't know I had to be the bucket boy throwing the water out of the boat. <laughs> so then we go to October 16th, St. Oh, Margaret yeah. Mary Calico. Yep. I mean, one of the, the the great apostle of the Sacred Heart devotions. I mean, we none of us would even have this show. We wouldn't even yeah. be here had it not been for those revelations of you know the apparition of our Lord to Saint Margaret Mary. And here we are, just on the cusp, uh, just before the 350th anniversary of the first you know apparition with those revelations that began. And yet, at the same time, how many of us don't? E- we've never even heard her name. St. Margaret Mary. You know, just the other day I was in a conversation with um, a priest, a brother priest of mine. We were on the phone. And just out of total innocence, he, he's like, well, you know, I'm sure everyone that listens to the Sacred Heart Hour probably already knows about the Sacred Heart or has heard of the Sacred Heart. And I said, well, no, not necessarily. I said, mm-hmm. our task primarily is just to help people hear that reference, yes. Sacred Heart of Absolutely. Jesus. And if they hear the name St. Margaret Mary, that might be the very first time they ever hear the name of the saint who all in her prayer life, admitting her frailty, admitting her humility, the littleness of her humanity. And yet, nevertheless, the Lord visited her and spoke to her about how much he loves all of humanity. None of us are so little to where we're forgotten. And even though we may be, to quote the great Chuck, we might be losers. That doesn't mean we're defeated. (laughs) I don't remember that one. And when we go to someone like St. Margaret Mary, we we enter into the life of someone who is able to admit I am so little and yet I'm loved so much. And she's the great apostle of the sacred heart. Well, and I think of, she was cloister. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he assigned her. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine? To be the disciple. Oh my goodness. To spread this devotion. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I thought of father is for all of our listeners, you're not, are all winners who are listening today. Uh, I had to change my my understanding of, of what I said earlier. But in thinking about this, we're so blessed. Our Lord gave us a way to honor his sacred heart yeah. by having the image come into the home. And he said, I want my image exposed and honored in the home. And I, there was a reason why. And someone mentioned this to me. Isn't it interesting that people hear this, but they still won't bring the image in? Mm. And I said, well, think about this. When the Exodus was taking place and people had to put the blood of lamb, That's true, the blood yeah. of the lamb over their lintel, yeah. and then the death will go over your house. Yeah. And would we do that today? Right. Or the second thing is, Noah, build the ship. Yeah, I need you to build it. Would we have been a Noah, or we said, "No, you're crazy, Lord. I can't <laughs> yeah. do this." That's true. And He's already told us to it, what the formula is. Yeah, is to expose His Sacred Heart today because it is of love. Yeah, and He wants to pour the love back into the family, so the family can truly now love each other yeah. and love Jesus in a greater way. And until families understand authentic love, the love of his heart, then that's all we're doing, trying to wake ourselves up, Father, but also our listeners. I'm thinking about also the single people. I'm really thinking about the college student. 
sometimes that can be a very lonely place in your dorm room and depending on the culture of the school, but to bring the sacred heart into that space, to bring the love, bring the companionship, bring the place where you can go to, um, to really find that renewal and refreshment. I, I really, um, I really invite you as single people, as businesses, and I think it's really exciting that our schools are enthroning. And there is a difference in the schools that have chosen to bring the Sacred Heart into their school. Or the parishes. Or the parishes. And when we talk about dwellings, we're talking about parishes, schools, homes, whether it's uh, family or whether it's individual, a workplace. And I know an individual who has the Sacred Heart right in his cubicle at the workplace. Yeah. And it reminds me, you know, when people come to me, mm-hmm. am I being Christ? Yeah. And and so there are so many ways that the image can remind us uh, and so forth. But, you know, a great evangelist coming up on October 18th, St. Luke. Well, but also, Chuck, don't forget to share about the pilgrimage coming okay, well, up in ahead. May. Yeah, <laughs> our bishop. Well, I think in, in, you go, go to welcomeisheart.com. If you have any interest or even curiosity about the pilgrimage to France and many of the other places associated with the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and our bishop is, this is his request. He's actually um, going to be on the pilgrimage, leading the pilgrimage. So um, that's going to happen in May. Yes, May of next year, 2024. Yep. But you can go on Welcome His Heart. And you can go ahead and register, and we already have people doing that. So in closing, Father, we got two big ones coming up, St. Luke and St. John Paul II. Oh, my. And not much I mean, time come on there, now, really. Folks. Oh, boy. This is a powerful month. It's true. And Our Lady yeah. is leading it. Many different reasons and many different opportunities and many beautiful saints who will all point out the way towards the Lord. And um, in the month of the Holy Rosary, of course, we close with— one of the great popes of the rosary, John Paul II, who for many of us, he's in our memory, he's in our minds, he's in our hearts. Mm. You know, he was our shepherd for so long. And just to have that beautiful opportunity um, and, you know, totus to us. I think that's the perfect way to end the hour uh, before we enter into prayer is just to remember the motto of his pontificate, totus to us, totally yours, as he gave himself to Our Lady, knowing that anyone who entrusts themselves to her, totally giving themselves to her, she makes of them a gift to her son, Jesus. So uh, we thank you for joining us during this hour of the Sacred Heart here in the month of October, the month of the Holy Rosary, here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And as we bring this um, hour to a close, we invite you to join us as we just renew our own personal consecration, our own personal enthronement of Jesus, asking him to dwell within and to reign over our hearts and our lives. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at your feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to your divine heart, Be thou our King forever. In you we have full and entire confidence, and may thy Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless all our undertakings, share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors, and grant us the grace to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. 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 
This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR.